bless your name. Bless your name. Yeah, that sometimes you you have to you have to move in where your gift is. I, I'm not a great singer, but I used to lead worship and sometimes that calms me down. Amen. Amen. Um, before we get started, if you guys you guys can stay seated because I'm about to read the scripture. Stay standing, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm about to read the scripture. But um, I just wanted to lift up and ask that you lift up Pastor Katani. She's in D.C. with her sister Noni. And we just want to lift them up and lift that family up in prayer. We want to intercede on their behalf that the Lord would move and have his way. That he would dispatch angels all the way there. And that the angels would begin to move miraculously even right now on the hearts and the minds of the judges, of whoever's in that courtroom. That God will make a mind move that that somebody will give their life to God even the person that committed the crime we lift them him up as well because we know that God is no respect of person Lord God we lift them all up to you Lord we ask that you give Noni peace Lord we ask God that she trusts you and she entrusts all that she says and all that she does and 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 her attorney she entrusts that all that into your hands God Oh, God, we thank you. We're looking for a God miracle. We're looking for, God, whatever you're going to do, let it be your will, your way, your purpose. And, God, we look forward and we give you glory right now and we praise you right now. We say hallelujah in advance right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Acts 12, Acts 12. Verses 1 through 12. Acts 12, verses 1 through 12. From the ESV. It says, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread, and when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door where, before the door were guarding the prison. I, I need to read that again because I, I jacked it up. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was bound with two chains. And then there were sentries that stood at the door and they were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. <laughs> well, and the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And Peter went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. 
and they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Hmm. Something happens when we pray. Something happens when we pray. Somebody say, something happened when we pray. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I had some screens, but I think they were a little messed up. So um, I'm going to be like, uh, um, what's his name? That pastor I was telling you about. Anyway. <laughs> Miles Monroe, Miles Monroe, he always tell you to write it down. So guess what? Write, write down what I say, my points, all those, the things I want to share with you all. Write it down. And go back to this passage and let the Lord speak to your heart. Something happens when we pray. My, my big idea is this. Intercessory prayer is crucial because it brings about freedom from trouble and deliverance from the enemy. I'm going to say it again so you can write it down. Intercessory prayer is crucial because it brings about freedom from trouble and deliverance from the enemy. Something happens when we pray. So what is intercessory prayer? What is it? What is it? Verse 5 said Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is a prayer in which we make requests for or on behalf of others. First Timothy says this. In essence, First Timothy chapter 2, write it down. <laughs> Intercession is praying for all, praying for everybody. Listen. God wants us to pray for everybody for the purpose of salvation and to come to the knowledge of truth. Now, I thought intercessory was just, you know, I mean, I, I know that we can intercede on behalf of, of somebody to, 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 you know, be, have abundant life on this earth and, and all those niceties that, that we want to have, but this just really hit me in my soul because God is wanting us to intercede and pray for others for the purpose of salvation and to come to the knowledge of truth. Oh, yes, we still can have those nice things, but the purpose as we're praying on behalf, as we're interceding on behalf, the cross should be in our view at all, at all times. In the Bible, we see Abraham interceding for Sodom. Remember, he said, God, don't kill him. If, if I could find 50 righteous, will you save them? The purpose of salvation. Uh, Moses paid, prayed for Israel because they always was getting things wrong. God, 
would you just not kill them? Would you save them? Uh, Stephen, remember Stephen, at his death, he prayed for his murderers interceding on their behalf for the purpose of salvation and to come to the knowledge of truth. Paul planted churches and he constantly prayed for those churches. Romans 8 tells us that Jesus sat at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf for the purpose of salvation and to come to the knowledge of truth. First John says that Jesus is our advocate. <laughs> He's our advocate with the Father. So intercessory prayer is crucial. It's vital for the purpose of salvation and that we may come to the knowledge of truth. Hallelujah. Okay, so the purpose of this sermon is to remind us that we need to be intentional and, and aware of others and that we may fervently, earnestly pray for the purpose of salvation. <laughs> for the purpose of salvation. Amen? Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Something happens when we pray. So my first point comes from verses 1 through 5. And uh, Herod, this was Herod Agrippa, and he wanted to lay violent hands on, on some that belonged to the church. So he killed James, the brother of John. I, I thought that was interesting because James was one of the sons of thunder. But he only arrested Peter, who was a liar and would cuss you out. But sometimes the sovereignness of God, we don't always understand, but he has a plan and a purpose. And James had probably fulfilled his purpose, but he still wanted to use Peter. So Peter was arrested. And it was during Passover, but here's the thing. King Agrippa was going to kill him after the Passover. And so verse 5 says, Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. My point one is this. Intercessory prayer is the battlefield. By virtue of the fact that we face imminent danger. Intercessory prayer is the battlefield because we face imminent danger. The book of Acts chronicles the spread of the gospel. It shows the transition of the gospel being taken, from the Jew, taken to the Jews only and then to the Gentiles. So what did Peter and James do that was so wrong? They preached the gospel. They preached the gospel and they were persecuted not only because they preached the gospel because they took it to the gentiles and the gentiles didn't have to to get circumcised or do all that all they all they had to do was confess christ and be saved by grace through faith that was the gospel the good news and the jews did not like that and so king herod agrippa 
he, he, he was the king of Judah, and he wanted to please the Jews. So uh, he was the, you know, part of the, the persecution and the killing, and now he uh, has Peter in jail. Intercessory prayer is the battlefield. So he put Peter in prison. And then it says here in our passage that uh, when, he, when he seized him and put him in prison, there was four squads of soldiers to guard him. He was under heavy guard. It was four guards, which means it was 16 soldiers, and they were rotating, one on each side of him and one at each door, and they would rotate. He was under heavy guard, and he was going to, uh, after the Passover, actually be killed. And so uh, there was no way that any human person could have rescued him, and there was no way that he could humanly possible escape. Right. And so he was facing imminent danger. But verse 5 says, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer. Not just prayer. Earnest prayer. Some translations say fervent prayer. Okay, so you know we got to look at that, right? You know we got fervent, which literally means stretching out stretching out like to love somebody it's a picture of intense strain fervent prayer earnest prayer unceasing activity which normally involves a degree of intensity perseverance you ever pray like that you ever prayed like that on behalf of somebody? Intensity, unceasing, intense strain. That Greek verb, it's an athletic term, and it conveys the meaning of striving all with one's energy. It's like a runner moving with maximum capacity, straining their muscles. Remember when Jesus went to Gethsemane? In Luke 22, it says he was in agony and he earnestly prayed. With all intensity, he strained and, and, and he prayed fervently so much so that sweat, he began to sweat and his sweat turned into great Drops of blood. Have you ever prayed like that for somebody? Earnest prayer, intercessory prayer is the battlefield. It's the battlefield by virtue of the fact we face imminent danger. As believers, we are on a battlefield. The moment we accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit indwelled us, we faced imminent danger and we are in a battle. 
1 Peter 5 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. As believers, we're always under attack. Huh? In imminent danger. Imminent danger. Imagine the attacks and the troubles we face day by day on our jobs. Social media. Man, sometimes I go on there and I can't believe how what people say. Attacking the believers. Huh. Yeah, and it's getting worse. Our babies are committing suicide. I, I, this morning there was another mass shooting and 10 people were killed. I, I can't even remember where it's happened so often. We're killing each other. Even the food we eat is killing us. Fervent, intense, un unwavering, unceasing prayer is needed. Y'all remember that show, Lost in Space? Who all remembers it? Well, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm in the right house. It was a sci-fi show, remember, and there was this family, remember, and they had this robot. And any time there was a threat, now they were in space and they were lost. That's the name of the show. Anytime there was a threat, the robot would say what? Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Hey, yes, we are facing imminent Danger and intercessory prayer is vital, crucial. Why? Because something happens when we pray. Amen. Something happens when we pray. And here's what happens. When we pray, God responds. When we pray, God responds. Let's see. Let's look at verse 6 through verse 9. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out, meaning Peter, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and centuries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did. And, and he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he did. And he went out and he followed him. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real because he thought he was seeing a vision. It's so amazing to me. That when the angel appeared supernaturally and shined the light, I don't know about y'all, I don't sleep that hard now. Somebody shining the light going to wake me up. But I believe it was a supernatural sleep placed upon them. Yeah, because uh, if we want God to respond, if we want God to respond, we must pray and obey. That's my second point. Say pray and obey. Pray and obey. If we want the Lord to respond, we must pray and obey. So, in this passage, this, this commentator wrote this. The prayer fetched the angel and God fetched Peter. 
prayer fetched the angel and God fetched Peter. So the angel of the Lord supernaturally showed up, right? Because God will respond when we pray. He showed up. He shined the light. Everybody slept through it. So much so that they had to, he had to wake Peter, nudge him, wake him up. And then he begins to give him a series of commands. How do I know their commands? I think y'all know how I know. You got to look at the verbs and you got to look at the grammar. It just helps. Okay. It just helps us to get a picture and to understand. He told him, get up. In the imperative mood, which means a command, get up, dress yourself, put on, follow me. Get up, dress yourself, put on, follow me. If Peter was going to be delivered, he had to obey what the angel commanded. <laughs> so he said, get up, and Peter did. Even in his sleepiness, get up, he did dress yourself he did put on your cloak he did that too and he said follow me he did that if we want the Lord to respond we must obey and here's another interesting thing God only God can do the extraordinary but then he uses us to do the ordinary let's go back so he said, told Peter to get up, and Peter got up. And when he got up, then the chains came off. Extraordinary. But Peter had to do the ordinary. He had to get up. <laughs> he had to get up. Because if God does, if a miracle is something we can do, then we don't need God. Amen. So we work together with God. He does extraordinary and then he uses us to do the ordinary. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 with the two fish and the five loaves of bread? Extraordinary. And then he had the, the, the disciples go around and gather up the leftovers. The ordinary. <laughs> right? And, and when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, extraordinary, he told them, give her something to eat. The ordinary, right? And, and, and when he uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, after being dead for about four days, extraordinary, he told the men to roll the stone out from in front of the grave. Yeah. See, that's something we can do. That angel that removed the chain from Peter's hands could have very well put Peter's shoes on him and his cloak on him and took him out and out of the cell. But he didn't. He just did the extraordinary. And Peter humbly obeyed his commands. And so that follow me part was interesting to me because, of course, you know, I'm going to study and look at the grammar. And yes, it was in the imperative mood. But what was interesting, what else was interesting, it was in the present tense. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> what does that mean? It was in the present tense. It means continual action. You see, get up didn't need to be continual, continual action. He just got up. But follow me 
was in the present tense. So continual action. So follow me from between these two guards. Follow me through this door. Follow me through that door. Continual action. Follow me through this other door. The extraordinary was that that other door just opened up automatically. <laughs> follow me. Continual action outside. Follow me. Continual action down the street. Follow me. Continual action. And guess what? Peter obeyed humbly. Intercessory prayer causes us to be free and delivers us from our enemies. Ah, and if we want the Lord to respond, we must pray and we must obey. So Peter followed continuously. And why did he do that? Because God was taking him out of his situation. Isn't that sometimes our prayer? Move me out of my situation. Yes, hallelujah, we have to be obedient. A few weeks ago, we were, uh, oh, I wasn't watching it, but a lot of people, 23 million people were watching Monday Night Football when DeMar Hamlin had a, had a, a heart attack. He suffered cardiac arrest right there on the football field. And then we saw all the football players go down on their knee. Now, I don't know that they all were praying, but I'm sure there were many that was interceding on his behalf. And then the people in the stands, they stayed right there. I don't know that all of them were praying, but somebody was interceding on his behalf. And as the days went on, prayer began to spread as the word spread throughout the country. And it looked as though the world was interceding on behalf, hallelujah, of this Damar, right? Because when the Lord comes and he, he'll respond if we pray and if we obey. And so I believe the people of God was obeying in prayer so that the world can see God respond supernaturally. I mean, this is a 24-year-old fit man that has a heart attack on the field. And I don't never played football, but the hit didn't look that hard to me. But, yeah, that happened, and God showed up. Why? Because something happens when we pray. Yes, I even saw a news reporter. He was looking nervous and he was scared and he just said, I, 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 I believe, I feel like I, I need to pray and I need to pray now. He said, so I'm going to bow my head and close my eyes and pray because something happens when we pray. And we know that we saw the end of the story. He done came home at the hospital. I don't know if he has any, any whatever, but we know he did not die. And like we said earlier, yeah, the Lord intercedes because of salvation and the truth. Now, I don't know if that young man is saved, but we can intercede on behalf of that, right? <laughs> Amen. Something happens 
when we pray. If we want the Lord to respond, we must pray and obey. Amen. God shows up, doesn't he? He shows up. And then he, he gives instructions. Sometimes we don't even realize it, that he's giving instructions. But we have to always obey. Let's move on. Point three. Intercessory prayer, point three. Intercessory prayer is vital because it saves us from our enemies. Intercessory prayer is vital because it saves us, delivers us, rescues us from our enemies. Verse 10, when they had passed the first and second guard that came to the iron gate leading into the city, it opened up for them on its own accord. Somebody say automatic. <laughs> it automatically opened. They went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me or delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and they were praying. This whole time, they had been praying fervently and earnestly. The angel had came supernaturally and delivered Peter, and they were yet praying. Yet praying. There's a song that, that, that uh, we, we all know that used to say, while you're trying to figure it out, he already worked it out, right? <laughs> and so prayer, intercessory prayer. Is vital. It saves us from our enemies. So we get to verse 10. Peter's still following that angel, ongoing action. He's following him all outside and down the street. And uh, when he gets to a certain place, then the angel leaves Peter. Now that troubled me. I searched high and low. I couldn't understand. It said they went out and went along down one street. What does that mean? It bothered me. It troubled me. I'm nosy. I couldn't find nothing. So I had to revert to my sanctified mind. <laughs> right. And here is what I believe the Lord was saying to me about he followed him, ongoing action. And then all of a sudden he gets to a certain place and he goes down one street and the angel left him. Now, what would that probably mean? And I just thought to myself, the angel was sending Peter on his way to do his mission. You see, our prayers should always align with God, his purposes, his ways, his plans for us, his mission. See, they gave us too much detail. It had to, had to mean something. And so that's what I figured is that what we can understand and why, why Peter lived was that he had to fulfill his plan and his purposes that God had laid out. You see, all the way back in Genesis, when we look at God's covenant with Abraham, there is recorded God's mission. He tells Abraham, I'm going to make it a covenant with you because I want you and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. That was the mission. Many nations. Israel was one nation. 
I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I went to seminary and I'm paying a lot of money for it. So here we go. That's called Gentile inclusion. Somebody say Gentile inclusion. See, God was including the Gentiles all along. So I don't know why the Jews was mad, but they were. He was including them all along when he made Abraham the father of many nations. And that was fulfilled when we get, I mean, we saw Gentiles coming along the way. But when we get to the New Testament in Acts, then that Gentile inclusion is fulfilled. We look at uh, chapter 1 and verse 8 of Acts. And Jesus says, before he ascends to the Father, that I'm going to send you a comforter. And when he comes, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. God's mission. So I'm bringing that up is because it's his mission of hope. It's his mission of salvation. I'm bringing that up because as we intercede on behalf of others, in the back of our mind should always be that mission. As we pray for others, yes, I want this for my children and that for my grandchildren. But in the back of my mind, I want them to be saved sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I might be praying for that person that's on the corner begging for money, but in the back of my mind, I want him to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Intercessory prayer is vital. It saves us from the enemy. It saves us from the enemy. Hallelujah. We need to have on our minds that we are on mission. We're on mission Believers for God. And just as we interceded on behalf of Noni, we prayed for the guy, the rapist. Why? Because he needs to be saved, sanctified. We're all created in the image of God, and he is no respect of person. Intercessory prayer is vital. And something happens when we pray. Something happens. It brings about freedom from trouble. It delivers us from the enemy. Intercessory prayer is vital. It's crucial because it brings salvation to the lost. It brings hope to the hopeless. Intercessory prayer is crucial because it brings eternal life. It leads us on to our heavenly home. Men and women are always pray pray without ceasing turn on the TV click on social media and you'll understand why we need to fervently fervently stretch out intensely pray on behalf of others I know sometimes when I'm looking at social media and I'll see JP put a post of a picture and it'll be a beautiful place and he'll say today this is my office come on up and then he'll say uh, pray for me as for traveling mercies as I make my way back to Denver hallelujah and I intercede on his behalf 
Hallelujah. Uh, uh, sometimes when I come to church, I look around, and if I don't see Elder Pat, I'll intercede on her behalf and pray for her strength in the Lord. Sometimes when I come to church and I don't see my friend Elder Annette sitting over there, I'll intercede on behalf of her for patience as she helps take care of her grandchildren. Sometimes when I come to church and I don't see Elder Donna sitting in the back or handing out the, the um the order of service I pray for her because I know sometimes it's tiring to walk around the church picking up paper but I intercede for on her behalf for brother Chris in the back when something goes wrong with the sound I pray and intercede for him for peace because the first thing we want to do is blame him for the sound hallelujah we need to be interceding on behalf of one another it's crucial it's vital I pray for Tiffany. She's not here today. I pray for her because she leaves out here. She comes here and she ministers. And then she leaves out and she goes to another place where she ministers. And I pray that God will speak through her and that somebody will be saved. Intercession is vital. I pray for Liza with the children. She's back there by herself a lot of times. I pray for her patience. I pray for my children. I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for Pastor Katani. I pray for Pastor Sam. And I pray for Yolanda when she's over there working with the unhoused. I pray for Elder Topaz. Hallelujah. And every Thursday morning at 5 30 a.m. The elders come together and we pray for you. Hallelujah. Intercession. Intercessory prayer is crucial. It's vital. Yeah, it breaks the chains that bind us. It frees us from the hands of the enemy. Hallelujah. Something happens when we pray. Something happens. Hey. Hallelujah. When we pray, something happens when we pray. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that's within me. Anybody need some prayer today? Anybody need some prayer? Come on down, elders. Come on down, prayer team. And if, and if, we, if all of y'all want to come to get some prayer and pray for somebody else, we got deacons, we got ministers, we got people that will intercede on your behalf, or you can come and kneel and pray yourself. Intercessory prayer is vital. Come on down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord.